You're listening to the Story Now podcast, and today we're talking with Josh Kruger. A little gratitude will make your garden grow. A little gratitude is good for your soul. As always, I am joined by our producer, James Roth. James, welcome. Hello. Hey, what are you going to do that one time that I'm not here? Because you always say, oh, as always, there's going to be some time that I just don't show up. I think honestly, and then it's going to be a lie. Um, I think honestly, at this point, what I'm going to do is just recycle old audio. <laughs> as always, we have our producer, James Roth. Hi, I'm generically here. <laughs> yeah. You better not reuse this audio. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We just wanted to take a second and thank you for tuning into the podcast. This has been sort of a dream project that we've had for a while now, and to actually be able to implement it and record some of these conversations that we typically have behind the scenes with business owners, and to be able to share that with you and for there to be actual genuine interest in this has been very, very fun for us. So today's guest is Josh Kruger, owner of .com Design, and I have had the privilege of working with Josh for the last two years. Um, he owns a website company, and Storyline is the company that comes in and does the photo video elements of those websites and makes it more of a personalized experience. So we're, we're very thankful to know Josh. We're, we're very thankful to call him a friend. So today we talk about a lot of things. What were some of the things that stuck out to you, James, in our conversation? Yeah. So uh, the, the most, the, the thing that sticks out the most to me was um, you have a conversation about um, niching down or uh, being really specific in what services your business chooses to offer. Um, and I, that really stood out to me because that's actually something that I've been thinking a lot about lately um, with the internet, you know, now more than ever, you can do whatever you want to, you can get really specific about what you want to do to make money. Um, so like in the past you had to be really general with what services you offer, but now if you're like an artist and you're, you want to specialize and you want to say, Hey, I only paint pictures of people's cats and they have to be orange cats. Like you, you could get just ridiculously specific in what, what market you're going to serve. Yeah. Because the pool of potential customers is huge. And I think that's really cool. And I think that's really exciting. Yeah. Yeah. That was definitely a, a, a fun little thing to hear about. Cause I think we, we talk about that all of the time in the services that we offer in the photo video realm of, you know, okay, let's not do weddings anymore. Let's focus in on the, the small business corporate, right. that kind of thing. So, well, without further ado, here's our conversation with Josh Kruger. Well, um, uh, just to start off, I'm looking at these business cards on your desk, Josh, and it says the local web company. Yeah. 
So you got to explain this to me because yeah. you were yeah. you started to tell me and then I'm like, we got to record. Yeah. <laughs> but um, you were started started to tell me a little bit about sort of the history of dot mm-hmm. com and how how you uh, started. So can you just take us through that? Yeah. Yeah, for sure. Um, well, so I tell everybody. Uh, a, I'll start by saying I'm a business owner, not necessarily an operator. Right. OK. And the second piece I guess that you should know about me is I'm a sales guy. So, uh, my background is in sales. Um, and I've always just been sort of, I guess maybe a visionary if mm-hmm. you will. So yeah. kind of an ideas guy. And I think at some point I was always going to end up an entrepreneur. Um, but again, I was, uh, I'll take you all the way back. So yeah. all the way back, um, I was in college and, uh, got an internship and I was actually selling medical equipment. So I was selling like, uh, defibrillators and, uh, first aid supplies. Okay. Uh, tough gig. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> selling that to like, uh, churches and, uh, nonprofits. Sure. Um, it was, it, again, it was tough, but internship kind of came to a close and, uh, it was actually at a small startup, uh, in the small startup was unable to get around to funding. So they basically just said like, Hey, we're going to have to, unfortunately, um, part ways. And so the, the current CFO of that company was brothers with the president of another like big box marketing agency in Cedar Rapids. And he basically just called him and said, Hey, you need to hire this guy. So I went over there and basically just started selling. Um, and I loved sales, still love sales to this day. Um, so got sort of my, toes wet with, uh, in the website, digital marketing space. I, I guess I should pause there. When I first went over there, uh, we were, I guess this is, geez, I'm dating myself a little bit. We were in the, it was the phone book business. So we were selling. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I was selling okay. print advertisement in the 2000s. So we call it the, that's the real school of hard knocks is trying sure. to sell, <laughs> trying to sell phone book ads in the, the 2000s. So I cut my teeth on that. I mean, I literally had a guy drop a stack of leads on my desk and he said, here you go. Like feed your family. So wow. we, uh, I end up basically throughout this whole process, end up dropping out of college. Um, I realized very quickly that I was making way more money in sales than any of my friends with degrees. And I just absolutely hated college. So I was looking for a reason to, to be done doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, so got kind of cut my teeth again, uh, phone book, uh, company transition to like websites, digital marketing. So I, again, always just kind of been a student of that, loved that. Um, and then just, again, the entrepreneur in me was like, Hey, we can do this bigger, better, faster. Uh, we can provide better service, right? I want to have bigger, deeper, more meaningful relationships with the people I'm working with. Um, so I started the local web company. <laughs> That's yeah, awesome. I mean, uh, when at this time, I guess five or six years ago, there's kind of been this evolution uh, in the online world where part of the algorithm that Google used historically, uh, there was a way to sort of like shortcut placement on like the first page of Google based on like you can put keywords in your business name. Mm-hmm. Like you saw that a lot with a lot of companies. Um, and you, there's a lot of these that still exist today. And a lot of the, the thought process was like, Hey, if I, you know, put, uh, this particular service in my business name, uh, like something that's commonly searched, right. If that can be my company name, I could have 
an organic presence online and maybe generate some leads. So uh, I showcased my world-class branding skills by coming up with that name and that logo and um, quickly realized that that didn't maybe have the big box feel that I wanted it to have. Okay. So uh, we changed the name, um, changed the logo. How, How far into the business was that? Um, not super far. We were maybe six to eight months down the road. Gotcha. So, um, so yeah, it wasn't, wasn't that name for a super long stretch of time, but how how many people were in the company? Uh, that I was, I was, yep. I was running solo at that time. Okay. So I was basically wearing all hats, you know? Gotcha. So, um, and then yeah, quickly after we transitioned into dot-com design, uh, that's when we sort of began the hiring process. So I, I've always been a big believer of like just living in your superpowers, right? Sure. Um, like trying to figure out like, okay, where are you good and how can you spend more time there? Mm -hmm. Um, and I guess I've, I also think that most business owners are also the company's best salespeople and, if you're not, then obviously you need somebody in sales like sooner rather than later. Right. Sure. Cause I think, I personally think that, uh, a company's growth, like that can't happen. You can't grow if you don't have somebody who's actively selling for you. Right. Sure. And so for me, I, obviously that was an organic fit to just slide into sales and, uh, for me to begin just sort of building a team around me, right. People who could do the things that like I could do, but I knew if I spent time on those things, I knew it slowed down the revenue generation or revenue creation part of the company where I was most needed. So. Yeah, that makes sense. One of the things that fascinates me and we were talking a little bit about this before we started recording, but you almost hear other business owners talk about things and you're like, that doesn't make sense. And then at some point you get to that point in your own company, you're like, Oh, that makes sense. So one of the things that I've been thinking a lot about is just, um, You know, we have one employee now who does a lot of the video editing and sort of finishes up the projects Mm -hmm. while I go out and am the face of the company. And then I usually film Mm -hmm. the projects. So I'm finding myself doing less than I thought I would at this point. Mm -hmm. And so I'm just curious about how that happened for you. Um, You know, obviously at some point you just weren't building websites can you talk me through that process? And I guess my, my main question that I'm trying to get at is, um, was it hard for you to let go of certain things? Um, I think, yeah, I mean, I think it's hard for everybody, right? Because there's this, uh, there's this image, right? Or you have this brand that sort of becomes your baby Mm -hmm. and, um, you care, right? There's this element of care that we all have in us as humans in terms of like, how the world is going to perceive us, right? We sure. think that the brand or the perception of the brand is uh, somehow a reflection of self, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's valid. But I do think that the quicker we are to let go and begin to build a team, um, we learn fairly quickly that we actually can put people in seats who do those things better than we yeah. do them. Like, yeah, yeah. Like the, the work that we produce today is 10 X from what it was when we were the local web company. And it's just because we, 
we got the right people in the right seats. And so I think, yeah, I mean, I think the, again, the concern is valid, but I do think, uh, you know, I think just get started. And I think people realize pretty quickly with each key hire you make, your only regret is I wish I would have done that sooner. Sure. Yeah. Honestly. Yeah. So that makes sense. And I think, I think as you move through that hiring process too, it's, it's really figuring out where do you as business owner add the most value, right? And I think a lot of this goes back to like even, you know, if I go step back a few steps, it's like, what are you, what do you actually want? Mm-hmm. You know, like I think a lot of people maybe start their own company for different reasons, right? And I think that's okay. Uh, but for Miranda and I, it was more about uh, freedom, right? Like we wanted to have time right to yeah. spend with our kids or time to to vacation or time to like we didn't for us we didn't want to just leave a job to then just like go to another job right right like i think yeah. a lot of business owners fall into that trap of like they forget about the main reason they started their company mm-hmm. and and i think there are a lot of hard decisions that have to be made and there are things that have to be that are going to be sacrificial along the way um and so i just had to decide I shouldn't say I, we had to decide that like there was this greater, this, this like greater goal that we had. And that was more important to us than like what we thought people thought about us. Sure. Right? So if we had like an employee who maybe misrepresented the brand, which we can obviously talk about how we can make sure that doesn't happen. But, um, you know, if that happened, we were okay with the risk of that because we had this like greater goal that we were pursuing. Yeah. And so I think a lot of this is like just knowing what that is. Like Brandon and I talk about our priorities here in the house all the time. You Mm -hmm. know, like we've established like these are our top four, top four priorities. And we run all of our decisions through that. That's kind of the filters like, yeah, Hey, we're going to do this thing inside of the company. Okay. Does that, does that align with, the priorities that we have. Sure. So I don't know if that's helpful, but no, it, it is. And I think one of the things that's interesting, and again, one of the things that we were kind of talking about before is um, you learn how to say no to certain things. Mm-hmm. And so you're, you're talking more about, you know, the personal side, like I don't want this to bleed into family time or, or things like that. But then also um, sort of focusing on, on the right clients. Mm-hmm. And do you want to talk a little bit about the evolution of, you know, where you guys started in terms of like clients that you were going after versus maybe where you're now at f- and it, cause you're in five years in, right? Uh, six technically. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So you're six years in. Yeah. So I'm just curious about sort of that, that, uh, evolution. Yeah, I think, um, well, and this, I think this goes, this plugs right into what we were just talking about, which is like, how do we begin to build a team? Um, and I think the greatest gift that we can give our team is clarity and focus, right? Mm-hmm. And I think it becomes really easy to build a team once you have a super clear vision of like where you're going, right? Mm-hmm. And not necessarily even where you're going, but how you're going to get there, right? So you understand um, like we talked about, which is like, who are we saying no to, right? Who are we, like, what, what opportunities are we going to say yes to? Um, and like, who, who can we, like, who are we a good fit for? Yeah. And, and who can, like, who can we add value to? That's been big for us is 
as we look at who we're going to serve, right? The clients we're going to work with, the people we're going to say yes to or no to, um, we've been able to look back and say, okay, over the course of, I guess it's been six years, but technically it's been three since 2018, January 2018 is when we officially launched. Okay. Um, we've asked the question like, where have we added the greatest value, right? Like, mm -hmm. because again, we, we go into a lot of these conversations, uh, a asking that question internally, but also voicing that to the clients is like, Hey, just so you know, up front, we won't work together if we, a don't think we're a good fit. Uh, and B we don't think we can add value. Um, so to, I guess, answer your question as we're looking at like who we're going to say no to and who we're going to say yes to it, honestly, a lot of it had to do with like, where have we added value historically, you know, mm -hmm. like which clients have been a good fit. Sure. Um, fit a good fit for us, but also a good fit for them. Yeah. So did I answer your question? Yeah. 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 Absolutely. Well, and and one of the things that I'm, well, so I'll, I'll uh, give you a little bit of a backstory before I get into this next question. Um, one of the things that I was thinking about this morning actually is that um, we started collaborating. Our first, you you and I first had our meeting in December of 2019. So it's two years that we've been working together. Mm -hmm. Which where has the time gone? Mm -hmm. um, but one of the things that's always been fun for me was I feel like you're a little bit ahead or a lot ahead of uh, where we're at. So it's, it's so fun to like ask you questions of like, Hey, I have this, what, what would you do? You know, cause you've gone through that kind of thing. And, and so um, I'm, I'm just curious as to um, you know, what one of the things that really stuck out to me in the beginning was that you really emphasize good customer service. And so I'm wondering, because I think when you're small, it's easy to do that. And then as you scale, mm -hmm. it's a little bit maybe more challenging because you take on more clients. And so you don't, might not have as much time. What have you done to, cause every client I, I work with that I, the connections made through.com, everybody's like, Oh my gosh, you know, the communication's so great. You know, I, I fell behind, but they call me every Monday morning to, you know, like check, check in and see where things are at. So I'm just curious, how do you, how do you keep the, the local customer service, that kind of feel as you grow and get bigger? Yeah, it's a good question. Um, so I, I also kind of been reflecting on this and, uh, I, there's three things I think that are important. Well, there's, there's technically four. Um, the first thing is I would say it all obviously starts with hiring great people, right? Um, I think the, the team that you build is important and understanding, uh, who you're putting on the front lines, right? So, uh, you know, like the, the salespeople we have are super gifted when it comes to relationship. Um, we've cared less about technical ability, like sales skill and ability. And we've cared more about like, are the people, are our customers going to like you? Mm -hmm. Very simple. Right. And yeah. I think you'll learn as we move through this conversation that a lot of these concepts are incredibly simple. So if you're looking for some like profound wisdom nugget, you probably won't get it. <laughs> I'm going to drag you back to the simple, the sure. simplicity of, uh, what I believe sort of the found is found foundational. So, yeah. um, so that's the first thing, obviously, if you hire great people, you just, in my opinion, you can't lose. Sure. Um, but I do think in terms of like what we coach and what we teach, uh, there's three things. So the first thing we talk about again, like I mentioned earlier is fit and value. So, um, 
it, this can be challenging because it's uh, it's counterintuitive for a salesperson, right? Most salespeople go into every conversation, coin operated, saying, "Hey, I have money on the line with this potential relationship," right? But we continue to coach and teach and say, "Fit and value are paramount," right? Mm-hmm. Like if if you do not think we're going to going to be a good fit, and you do not think we're going to add value, please walk away from that that person. Like, mm-hmm. don't even start that engagement. Um, I think a lot of relationships, a lot of like client relationships are a loss on day one. Like I think most of the time, if we're being honest with ourselves, we know from the get go, if this person we're talking to or working with is going to be a good fit or not. Sure. And there's a lot of times like as business owners, we say yes to that stuff out of fear, right? We're like, Mm -hmm. because you don't know where your next dollar can come from always. Right. And so you're sort of grasping at, um, those opportunities. So the first one is fit and value. So we talk about that often. I think the other, like probably the most, probably the largest item boils down to expectations. So I'm a firm believer that all relationships and the outcome of those relationships hinges on expectations. Um, And so we talk about expectations and then we talk about expectations again, and then we talk about it again. So every conversation we have or at least this is what we're coaching. This is what we we aspire to do. Yeah, um, is to make sure we're crystal clear on expectations. Right? There's this discontentment gap. You've maybe heard people talk about right where there's reality, uh, and then there's expectations, and sure. sort of everything in between that is discontentment. And um, I heard someone say that a while back, and it hasn't left me. And so we we take that really seriously. Like anytime. We talk with a customer, we ask them like, what is your expectation? And then we tell them like, this is reality, right? Sure. What we're trying to do is get their expectation and reality to have alignment. Yeah. Because if those two things align, there is no discontentment and you have very fruitful, sustainable, long-term relationships. Mm-hmm. And so you can't just like having that conversation about expectations can be uncomfortable, but I think the better you get at having that conversation I think you'll find your you'll have more fruitful relationships, not just in business, but gosh, this is key for your marriage and for with your kids and with friends. Uh, yeah, I just think this conversation about expectations is huge. So we coach on that a lot, uh, and then the final piece is just uh, we talk about being proactive and not being reactionary. Mm. So I think a lot of conversations come to us, and I think if we were just uh, better planners and more proactive, um, we begin to to know what obstacles or problems are going to maybe surface. Uh, we also know what uh, like feelings our customers could potentially have, right? What fears may they or may manifest. Um, and it's, it's simple. It's get out ahead of those things, right? It's like yeah. people just need to hear from you that this is normal, right? Mm-hmm. Like, Hey, this, like, here's the process, right? And we establish expectations. Um, but we also are, like proactive, like be proactive in your communication, right? If you mm-hmm. have a a delay in a in a project, don't wait for the customer to come ask you, right. why is my project two weeks late? No, go tell them, hey, we have this problem. Here's how we plan to resolve it. You know, be a human and apologize and move forward. So, so again, I think it's hire good people. Um, don't have a fear of missed opportunities, but be like live boldly in this idea of fit and value. Uh, like expectations all day long and then just be proactive, not reactionary. So. Yeah. Well, I think 
you know, there's great wisdom in that because I think, especially for creative people, because I think it's hard to, uh, you know, kind of like get creative people to do that kind of thing. And I'm saying that as one, Mm -hmm, right. mm -hmm. Um, and that's one of the things that we had to learn early on and we're still learning. So even just, um, you know, what you're saying about expectations, hearing you say that makes me want to sort of reevaluate, mm-hmm. you know, those initial conversations that we have in the future. Yeah. So thank yeah. you for sharing that. Yeah. Yeah. And this like, we also are in the creative world, right? Yeah. So I think it's okay to make this, this doesn't have to be some super serious thing, but I do think every relationship should start. Like we even have this document. It's not, uh, it's not into the workflow just yet. It's something we've been working on over time, but it's, it's an expectations document. Oh, okay. Right. So we tell people like, Hey, in the design process, this is a creative thing. Right. And we make, we make fun of it and we're like, Hey, we, we can't wave a magic wand. Right. Sure. We're being asked to be a mind reader, but yeah, coincidentally, we don't have a magic ball that we can shake and look into. So be patient. Like here's the process. Here's how you could potentially feel at some point in the process. That's normal. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Well, I'm, I'm assuming that you find too, there are, are some clients out there that don't know what they want Mm -hmm. until they see what they don't want. Mm -hmm. So how do you, is that, do you try to hammer all that out in the expectations conversation or what happens when most definitely. Okay. Yeah. 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 Um, the specifics on that would be like you said, um, we tell people up front, it's almost impossible for us to do this. Sure. If you don't even know what you want. We yeah. can, we can try. And obviously this is, I know we're getting to the weeds, but for us, it's like, here's the, here's the process. And we tell people like, you have the freedom to not know, but if you don't know, like you're paying for that, not us. Sure. <laughs> you know, like we'll take you through our framework, but yeah. And you have permission. We're going to try this a couple of times. And if like, we want you to give us very clear feedback, right? Yeah. So for us, it's, you know, we do mood boards and we do obviously as much stuff as we can to try and get insight on yeah. what they're thinking, but yeah. yeah. And those custom media packages really help too. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's awesome. So we've, we've been working together for the last two years. I'll go out and do the custom media packages that sort of take the website to a more personalized level. One of the things that um, I don't even know that I've told you this, but there was a dot com sort of like uh company meeting over zoom that I was a part of. And that was right during, uh, the beginning of the pandemic. And at the time you were CEO. And one of the things that I was really just admired a lot was your leadership and just how calm you were. Cause I, a lot of people were freaking out. Are we going to, you know, there's all this stuff of like businesses shutting down, things like that. And I remember you being on there saying, guys, we're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. we haven't seen any, you know, um, changes that much. What was going through your mind in that? Like, you know, I was just so blown away with how calm you were, how comforting you were. I felt better. <laughs> and I'm not even technically, sure. you know, part of the company. And so I, I kind of, I was just curious about, what what was going on in your mind during that time frame, and then sort of how did dot com sort of navigate through COVID? 
I think it was probably, I don't want to say easier, but maybe, you know, you have employees all over the country. So you were already sort of had employees working from home. So I'm, I'm just curious about mm-hmm. sort of that time period yeah. and of the company. Man, COVID, COVID definitely had an impact on us. Like you'd think uh, from a website, digital marketing perspective, that it would be, uh, I mean, we obviously saw a huge shift, right? Like a lot of people quickly learned we've got to have some sort of a digital footprint. Um, but with the industries we primarily service being the trades industries, uh, those people felt this um, in a fairly significant way. And so we did have, um, you know, a fairly good dip in like our reoccurring revenue. And, you know, we had projects kind of slow down and um, it has been challenging. Like we've got people in, I don't know, we're probably in eight to 10 different countries. And so the, the protocols in these places and all these countries are different, right? Like the Philippines, for example, you know, like they, they put people in facilities who have COVID, right? They like stick them in these like buildings and they like isolate them. Okay. Um, that's new to me, right? Yeah. So it's like, how are we going to, how are we going to care for someone like that in that situation? Sure. Um, so we were, we were forced to just like everybody very quickly, uh, just pivot. But I think what, what's nice about this, and I think this is maybe why you saw this like, uh, calm demeanor, obviously there's still stress and stuff, right? right? Like by no means was, was I like this flawless human through this, but, um, it all goes back to like, who are we at our core? Uh, not only who are we at our core, but like, what are the things we want to do? Right. So we talked about, um, like, okay, how do we put a, how do we hire a CEO? Right. How do we hire someone to run our company and step back from that? Well, what are the what are the core things you're trying to do? Right. So when we think about COVID and we think about dot com design and how are we going to respond to this this big crisis that's happening? Right. This global pandemic. Who am I at my core? Right. Who am Mm -hmm. I at my foundation? Um, And for me, anytime I'm in a tough situation, I think you have to go back to your core. You have to go back to these like primitive roots and go back to this like foundational wiring Mm -hmm. and so for me honestly and this obviously doesn't come just come out super easy but i asked myself the question what happens if dot-com design collapses in this pandemic we lose all of our employees we lose all of our customers and this thing goes completely bankrupt then what Mm -hmm. i'll still i'll still live yeah i mean this is again this is really simple stuff but like i'll still live right i'll still have my wife and I'll still have my kids and maybe we'll lose our house, but we'll still be together. Um, I'll still have a relationship with the creator of this universe. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think if like for me in these high stress moments in these, um, you know, big decisions, it all just goes back to that, that foundational wiring. Yeah. And I think that's why I think uh, like the work that we put in daily like the most important work we put in daily is on that foundational wiring. Yeah. Like there's, there are all these little practical things you can do to move the needle, whether it be hiring or branding or videos or a new website or uh, PR or sales, like none of that stuff has uh, a, it doesn't have eternal value, but B it also doesn't help you with like big thought process. And so to me, the big thought process work happens in this foundational wiring. So I think, yeah, I think everybody should be setting time aside daily. Like I started this, uh, there's this journal. I, sh- I almost got it out of my closet. 
um, it's in my closet because I've converted it to digital to be clear, but it's oh, called, nice. it's called the most important hour. Okay. Um, and it's a journal in the morning that basically there's a series of, uh, questions, just like some introspection type things, like some foundational wiring type things that are in this journal. Um, there's obviously like an element of reading scripture and, uh, you know, affirmations and daily gratitude. And I mean, there's some things like that, but for me that like the, the foundational wiring work is, is important. And I think when I'm, when I'm shaky in my decision-making or I'm finding myself more stressed or I find myself in a, like we had a, just had this really hard conversation yesterday as a team, we've got this really massive client and this really massive project and a lot of things are not going well. And be easy to show up to that meeting freaking out like we're talking 60 70 grand for a for a project um and we have this hard deadline and it's like hey you got to go hit this thing or else and we don't know what the or else is so it's like okay i could show up to that meeting and be like hey guys we got you know freak out and like we got to fix all this stuff figure it out or i can show up and say guys what's the worst case scenario here we lose the client we refund them their money and we move on like yeah we'll we'll be fine and I, I wouldn't be able to do that, though, if I wasn't putting in that work daily sure. on that foundational wiring. And so for me, it's like I can tell when I'm when I'm not taking care of the foundation. Interesting. It shows up, man. Yeah. It shows up every single time. And so I think that's been as I've matured and as I've been a business owner, I find myself um, in a better place when I have a solid foundation and I have a clear understanding of like the purpose of this thing, right? Mm-hmm. Like. What's the purpose of this thing? It goes back to expectations. Like we even have these, like we have these internal expectations as well. Right. Um, and I just think it's kind of managing that and putting in the work on those things. So, yeah, that was great, man. Yeah. That's, that's awesome. That's, that's just so good. <laughs> I'm, I'm like, I don't even have a response cause I'm just kind of like internalizing that. Cause I've been thinking about that for a long time, you know, of like, okay, what's, Cause there's been nights where I can't sleep cause I'm thinking about projects and then going back to this whole thing of like, okay, what is the worst case scenario? Mm-hmm. And it, I don't, and I, I guess maybe I don't talk about that, like thinking about the worst case scenario because I don't want it to come across as like, I'm going to be negligent. Right. Totally. <laughs> you yeah, know, yeah, but sure. it's, it helps you kind of get your footing and go, okay, now, now let's, let's, let's figure this out. Yeah. Yeah. For sure. So that's yeah, awesome. We even, uh, we even talk about this with like our business development reps, like they're on the sales side. Um, we call it the core attitude. And I think everybody in every position should have a, a core attitude. So like as a business owner and it, you have to be careful cause this, this could definitely sound arrogant. Um, you have to say this with the spirit of humility and this, and I, the disclaimer up front is like, I say this in love. (laughs) Sure. I say this with humility, but the reality is these people we work with, they need us more than we need them. Sure. And that I think is true for anybody you work with. Yeah. As you build your company, uh, there's never going to be a client who defines you. Mm -hmm. Like there just won't be, they won't, they're not going to, they're not going to like create your success or be a part of creating failure. Sure. They could create some obstacles and some stressors in your life, but I think it's just important to be able to like pull back. Yeah. And as like just somebody who's even just hitting the phones, like what's that, what's your attitude? And it's like, okay, I haven't scheduled an appointment in a week. 
I'm stressed. This sucks. Okay. Like let's revisit your foundational wiring. You know, like yeah. what's that, what's that core truth? Like, what are you, what are you telling yourself? Right. And a piece of that would be like, Hey, this person needs me more than I need them. That that'll make sure you don't start to sound desperate and it'll make sure you don't start to like live in a way outwardly. That's like negative when you're around your family or friends, like this sure. stuff can start to show up in other places. So yeah, 100%. Yep. How does it work with inside the company? I know that recently you guys have kind of shifted around roles and stuff. Do you want to talk a little bit about that and kind of like, you know, finding the right person to lead the teams and, and things like that? So your question would be, well, I'm just curious, like, cause before we started talking, you were talking about how great it is to have Jonathan in the role yeah. he's in now yeah. as CEO. So I didn't know if you wanted to talk a little bit about, cause he wasn't always in that role. Right. right. So how, how, how do you have those kind of internal conversations sure. um, where you think like, you know, oh, maybe this person would be better in this role. Sure. Yeah. How do you not hurt people's feelings? Right. You know, because I think that that's one of the challenges of being a small business is you didn't, and maybe any business, you don't necessarily nail it right away, mm -hmm. but it's something that evolves. And, and uh, so I'm just curious about how do you be open, you know, with other people in leadership about shifting that? Mm -hmm. What does that look like? Yeah. That's a, that's a, obviously a very complex yeah. <laughs> question. Um, I think this, again, I'll, I'll keep it really simple for you. Cause that's just how I roll that it all goes back to what we talked about earlier, which is what do you want? Right. Mm -hmm. Like most of us create a business for a couple of reasons, right? It's, we want time, we want money, uh, we maybe want to make an impact. Right. Mm -hmm. And there can be a combination of those three things. Um, but when we think about our superpowers, we think about like, where do we add value in terms of the company? Um, I think most people fall into this trap of like, it's just fun to have the CEO title, right? Like mm -hmm. it's fun to be the boss. Um, and they kind of like that. And if you like that more than you like time or you like money or you like <laughs> sure. these other things that you like set out, right? Like people, people needs change. I think like they go from like, Hey, I'm going to start this company for, to like get time or money back on my side. And then they get a taste of like, oh, I'm the boss. And it's hard for them to relinquish that, right? It's hard for them to say, I don't know if I necessarily add the most value in this seat. Like there's somebody A on my team who I think is better for that or B, I can go find somebody who I think does that better than me, right? Mm -hmm. um, and you don't always have to have a CEO to live in your superpower, right? Like you can have, you can build a collaborative unit around you who begins to own more like some of these operational things. Um, but I would just, I guess I challenge people to ask themselves when they get to that point, like, are you just doing this for the title or like, what are you actually trying to accomplish? Mm -hmm. You know, like, what do you really want this business to do for you? And I think if you know, if you're like, if you're solid in what you want this business to actually do for you, it gets pretty easy to now begin trying to build a team around those objectives. Sure. Um, so I don't know if that answered your question. Yeah, it, I, it does. And and I, I'm kind of fascinated by this whole thing of like learning what other people's strengths are. I mean, do you like, do you guys, I know you do monthly, well, I think it's actually maybe more regular than that, but you guys do meetings and all the time. And, and so I'm just curious, like, do you do any sort of like 
um like personality tests or yeah, like we do okay so, i mean i i think so i'll answer that a couple ways so a yes we do uh so shameless plug for erica olaf uh she obviously takes our team through mm. uh it, it's a strengths based test uh called gallup okay uh strength finders i don't know if you've heard of it yeah but, so we we obviously have gone through that in a very like formal more practical meaningful way but i again i like to keep it simple i don't think somebody has to go do uh, a personality test to know what their superpowers are like sure it's pretty obvious to most people as they sit back and they say okay what am i good at yeah like the the hard part of this is being able to be humble enough to say like it's i'll be honest it's it's awkward to to own this company and like jonathan's my boss <laughs> sure like i'm a boss and yeah. And it's not, this isn't, this is something I take pretty seriously. Yeah. Uh, because I, I truly believe that like you have, you, and you have to get to this spot. Like he's the leader, right? Like we're going to submit to his leadership. Sure. Uh, and that can be incredibly challenging for a lot of people. So that's the, kind of the first step. And then, um, so to answer your question, it's like, what am I good at? Well, I'm good at sales, so mm-hmm. I should probably stay in sales. Um, because we saw, honestly, there was a, there was a period and we're kind of, we're kind of like breaking back out of this, but there was a period where I kind of disappeared into the CEO role, right? Lots of shiny objects, big visionary, lots of new ideas, lots of new products, like always changing about sunk the ship, to be honest. Okay. And it wasn't until we made this big move where we got a guy in the seat who's like, no. We're going to start saying no to this and no to this and no to this and no to this and like really installed this really clear focus back in the company. And again, it took me saying, hey, I'm going to go just sit in this seat and make sure that like revenue is being produced. Like, sure. I think that often gets forgotten about when people talk about teams, right? Like, I don't know. I get so tired of people thinking it's like it's sexy to brag about how many employees you have, right? Like, sure. Like that, that has become this like the new awkward conversation. Like people are like, well, I got a couple employees like, you know, it's like they say that, like they should say that they should say that confidently. Like, yeah, maybe you're running a really lean organization. I'm wondering what, what was the moment where you decided like something needs to change here? What was, what was that like? Yeah. Um, that's a hard question. (laughs) That's a really hard question. Well, cause I, I mean, I think the thing that I admire the most is that you even got to the point where you could say, I think this would be better if mm-hmm. this person was in place because I know just even as I let go of responsibilities and other people on our team, you know, take that there's still things that I don't want to let go of mm-hmm. yet. And so, uh, you know, letting like saying, Hey, this role needs to change that. I just admire that, you know, you want the success of the company more than maybe the shiny title, I mm-hmm. guess is what mm-hmm. I'm saying. That's a great thought. And so, yeah, so that's what I was talking about where it was like being in pursuit of the wrong things, right? Yeah. Like where we can sometimes, I think, be blinded by the the opinions around us. Sure. Right? Um, or this like, this this vibe we want to put off, right? Yeah. Like, man, what are people going to think if I go on LinkedIn and change my title and I'm not, oh. I'm not CEO anymore? Oh, yeah. gosh, what are they going to think? But again, I think you just have to be grounded in like, what do you want this business sure. to actually do? Yeah. I can't, I know you asked me something slightly different to start that question. 
I think it was how do how do these people how do these shuffles begin to happen and how do these moves begin to yeah and and how do you is there kind of like a universal understanding that hey we can have honest conversations here about what's working and what's not yeah and again for me I think it's I just have always had well it's it's no secret like I love dot com design but I'm a business owner right like I'm a company guy I'm not a I don't want to just be in that business like I don't want to have a full time job forever sure um. And so maybe, again, maybe some people want to do that. Um, but for me, it's, I, I do, I care more about the well-being of that company than I care about like a title or sure. the opinion of somebody else. And that yeah. that can be hard to overcome for sure. Yeah. Well, and, um, you know, just the thing that you were kind of saying about comparing yourself to others, do you, do you have difficulty with that? Because I know that I hear about other people's businesses or like what other people are making and then I get really jealous. And mm-hmm. then there's moments where I have to kind of dial it back and go, okay, wait, 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 this is working for me. Mm-hmm. I get amazing quality time with my family. Mm-hmm. And so I have to sort of like remind myself of like, okay, uh, what you were saying earlier of like, what are your goals? Mm-hmm. You know? Um, so I'm just, I was just a little curious about, you know, what do you do to kind of, pull yourself out of the maybe competitive state if you get to that point. Yeah. Uh, well, can I go spiritual on you? Yeah, okay. absolutely. All right. Um, I think the big, so there's, there's really been, and I, I maybe should have went here earlier because I think this kind of ties this all together. Um, I think the first thing I realize is that Jonathan's not the actual CEO of dot-com design. It's the Lord. Right. Mm-hmm. So I think when I understand that, um, I've got a guy who is running my company in flesh who submits to that idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's big for me. Right? Yeah. But I, again, I'm, I'm really grounded in the fact that like God runs com design. Like he's the true CEO. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the, that's the first thing that sets me free from, from that. The second piece of this for me, and I know I talked to you about redecorating my office and stuff. I'm actually really close to, changing this wallpaper behind me yeah. to, to just have the big one big word on it. And it would say abide. Okay. Um, abide has just kind of been like my, I don't know, my resolution, my, it maybe oh, would sure. be my new year's resolution, I guess, if you will. Um, but I, I think I'll take it further than that, which is I'm, I'm, I'm realizing and learning that abiding in Christ is the secret sauce. Mm-hmm. It's the secret sauce for everything. Um, because as I abide, I realize that these other fleshly desires just die, mm-hmm. right? Like, and again, I, I'll still always exist in flesh, but I don't care about the opinion of man as I abide. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, we all fight that. We all fight the like, man, they're making what? And um, right. there's definitely an element of like, we'll always forever be trying to combat that. Yeah. Um, but I do think like if you're looking for really like practical, the really practical pieces for me, it's just like I have to start my day by abiding. Mm-hmm. And as I move through my day, I have to abide. Yeah. Um, and I feel like as I'm living this more like Christocentric life where he's not just in, uh, you know, church or he's not just in my morning time, but he lives in sort of everything I do as I move throughout my day. Yeah. I find it easier to not be concerned with those things. But mm-hmm. to just focus on like what I think my purpose and calling and reason for existence actually is. Yeah. So. Yeah, that's good. And it kind of just um, no, I I, li- I like that 
that sort of mantra of living in it, you know, because mm-hmm. I think a lot of times you set aside 15 minutes or whatever, mm-hmm. like, or you go to church on Sunday, mm-hmm. but then you don't carry mm-hmm. that. So, uh, I really appreciate you sharing that with us. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, so sort of looking to the future, where do you see .com, you know, within maybe the next five years? So I guess I won't try to forecast where we'll maybe specifically be, but I think some of the stuff we've talked about uh, in terms of like, what have we learned and this, what are the things we're going to double down on, right? So the things we're going to double down on um, this idea of a narrow focus. So I think our list of things we say no to is going to continue to grow and the things we're saying yes to is going to continue to shrink. Um, you know, we've gone from saying yes to, you know, just about every industry to one, right? Mm-hmm. We've gone from three or four website products to one. We've gone from uh, a dozen marketing products to three. Um, so my hope would be that we take the four things we're doing now over the next five years, and maybe that becomes one. Okay. Um, like, I, I really feel like, the world we live in today allows companies to niche. And I feel like as you, uh, as you niche down, like there's, there's margin in that, mm-hmm. in that move. Like, um, so I think the second thing, uh, which I already kind of touched on is just a very specific product, like a very specific offering to a very specific person. And what's funny, and you just, you will never be able to, what's, what's really funny is nobody will ever subscribe to this thought until they've done it. Like, sure. We, we can, like someone could tell us right now, just start saying no to a whole bunch of stuff and just say yes. But there is a process, right? Like as you yeah. start your company, you do feel like, hey, I've got to say yes to some some of the stuff to yeah. pay the bills. But I do think, I actually think that's not true. Okay. I think you can start a company with a really very small list of things you're saying yes to mm-hmm. and you'll be okay today mm-hmm. like actually jonathan just sent this uh there was this quote he uploaded that i think you'll actually really appreciate so there's this journalist and author Derek thompson um and he talked about how to succeed as a writer in the modern world and the interviewer asked him he said what advice do you give to a recent college grad who comes to you and says i'm interested in journalism and writing books and thompson responded he said there is a paradox to scale i think People who want to be big sometimes think, I have to immediately reach the largest possible audience. But in a weird way, the best way to produce things that take off is to produce small things, to become a small expert, to become the best person on the internet at understanding the application of Medicaid to minority children or something like that. And then he goes on to say, the reason why he thinks like this is he... he, uh, he looks at Tokyo as an example. He said, if you go to Tokyo, you'll see there are all sorts of really, really strange shops. So there'd be a shop that's only like 1970s vinyl, right? Like not a vinyl store, but 1970s vinyl. Oh, interesting. Or you'll go to like a whiskey store and it's like 1980s whiskey, like the niche <laughs> of the niche of the niche, right? Yeah. Like 1980s whiskey. And that doesn't make sense if it's a shop in the Des Moines suburb, right? But in a in a Des Moines suburb to exist, like you have to be like subway. So you have to hit the mass market immediately. Right. Um, but in Tokyo, there's 30 to 40 million people within a train ride of the city. Um, so your market's basically 40 million. So within that 40 million, sure. There's a couple thousand people 
who love 1970s music or a couple thousand people who like 1980s whiskey. The internet is Tokyo. Hmm. So the internet allows you to niche at scale. Yeah. So I've been thinking about that. I've actually, so this guy says like niche at scale is something that young people should aspire to. So like, yeah, new business owners today. And again, this is more in the application of like those operating in maybe a more of a virtual setting, right? Like, the, right. If you're local brick and mortar, I think there's still some wisdom that can be gleaned from that, right? You don't have to do video for everybody, right? Like, yeah, you can pick, Hey, I'm going to do business or, you know, like this one particular industry. Again, we've kind of broken out of this all things for all people. Uh, and it's, we're, we're headed towards one thing for one person. Yeah. Um, and I just feel like if you look around, there are a lot of companies who have, well, you like look even at Amazon, right? Like that company didn't start by being this like mass, this massive organization they are, they did books, right? Yeah. And they did books really, really well. Um, and then obviously they, they expanded it in other things. But for us at .com Design, it'd just be, I think, narrow focus, very specific product, very specific group of people. Um, and obviously on the, like, the, on a macro level, um, making an impact, you mm-hmm. know, like we really do, like this idea of, of care is important to us. Uh, that sits, I think, right in the center of the hearts of the people running the company, which is, we just want to care for our people, right? Like we really mm-hmm. do want to see the people inside of our company live better lives because they're a part of the organization. So that's awesome. Yeah. Very cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. Yeah. Any, uh, any last thoughts? How, how can people find you? Yeah. Um, so obviously com design.com that can be a little confusing, but it, the first.com is spelled out. So D O T C O M design.com. I'm not a big social media guy, so I don't have a big like yeah. social media plug. I'll, I could plug my stuff, but you're not going to get much content from okay. it. So. <laughs> so, so just check out the website. Yeah, yeah. You can check out the website if you want, for oh, sure. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks again for yeah. joining us and I, uh, and I hope people learn something today. I know, I know that I did. So thanks again. Awesome. You bet. Thanks, John. Thank you so much for tuning into the story. Now podcast, before we go, we just wanted to give a special thanks to Justin Goodchild who wrote and performed the song that you are hearing now. And please be sure to follow us on all our social media channels and we'll see you in the next episode. When you hunger in the tooth, you take your mind off one small truth. No matter what you got, it's never gonna make you whole. Sunday morning, take your rest. Think of all that you've been blessed with. Appreciation will